0: Welcome back to another episode, friend, of An Uproarious Profundity. It is unconventional wisdom for the spiritually attuned go-getter. And in the spirit of Valentine's Day, when all the world is thinking about relationships, I figured it would be fun to dive into three steps to enhance all of your relationships— even the most life-sucking relationships. Yep. I just gave my subtitle a subtitle. So three steps today to enhance all of your relationships. Get ready. We're going to have a good time. Whether it's true or false, we are made of and by the stories that we tell ourselves. And for most people pleasers, or soon to be burnt out holy rollers, there are two stories, parentheses, two realities, because the stories that we tell ourselves create our realities, that are causing us some issues around relationships. You've probably heard the amazing quote in the book by Jim Rohn that goes into how you are the average of the 5 people that you hang out with the most. You are the average of the 5 people that you hang around with. And side note, this also includes protagonists in your favorite books, in the TV shows that you watch, in the podcasts you listen to. Yeah, those protagonists, those characters, those people that you hang out with. Me, <laughs> I'm in, I'm I could be one of those in your life. Whoever you spend the most time with, the five people, you are the average of them. So that's one story that we that we tell ourselves that create our reality. Another story that we tell ourselves as good little Christians is that in the name of grace, we are called to be best friends with everyone. Yep, just a big ol' purple dinosaur, call me Barney. In the name of grace, what usually happens, or backup, I should say, in the spirit of however we are loosely defining grace at the moment, we are called to be BFFs with everybody. And what happens from this is our personal preferences are viewed as selfish, We repress authentic feelings about how we would like to show up with someone in a relationship or how we would like them to show up with us in a relationship. We ignore the reality of beautiful platonic chemistry that God gives us between potential friends. We surround ourselves with toxic, draining people from this Messiah complex, thinking it's our job to save them. And we hold, we oddly hold the same expectations and exert the same amount of energy for all of our relationships, all in the name of being a good little Christian. Jesus hung out with tax collectors. Who am I to raise the bar on the types of my relationships of which I want to be a part, or the types of relationships that I want to create? So, Because both of these stories are creating our realities, we slowly forget our preferences and our own power in the dance that we daily do in draining relationships, instead of standing in our power as a divine co-creator and cultivating authentic, life-giving relationships with healthy yet different standards and boundaries for each type of relationship. Now, if we were at a party or a work retreat and we just played two truths and a lie, you would realize that I already shared one truth and I already shared what I would define as one lie. So allow me now to propose a second truth to you that will help you to enhance all of your relationships. That's right. I do mean all of them. Not just your lover, Not just your best friend, not just your parents or your sisters, your brothers or your coworkers, but or your kids. These tips are even going to enhance that one life-sucking relationship that you're thinking of right now, that you clicked on this podcast to listen to because you thought, Meg, there's no way you can enhance that relationship. And I'm here to tell you that these tips are going to do that for you. As all relationships are not created equally, here's the second truth I want to share with you today. Jesus is not expecting you to love everyone with the love of the Lord. I'm going to repeat that. As all relationships are not created equally, Jesus is not expecting you to love everyone with the love of the Lord. Now, this might ruffle your feathers. This might make you feel uncomfortable. This might make you want to hit pause or switch over to another show, maybe about organizing your closet or something. But hang with me. Hang with me. While everyone is infinitely worthy, not everyone is infinitely worth your time. This is a great quote from my friend, Jamal, and life coach and best-selling author and podcaster, Jamal Javanji. He was actually guest number three on the show, on this show. So go check out his episode, Jamal Javanji, Mary Magdalene, and Goals. And he says, while everyone is infinitely worthy, which they are, not everyone is infinitely worth your time. A thinking Christian exerts different levels of energy and establishes different standards and boundaries because he, she, or they know that all relationships are different. All relationships are different. We even see this in Jesus's way of doing life. So before you go thinking, Meg, you're really rocking the boat here. Meg, you're spewing some heresy in my ears here. I'm really not. We see this with Jesus. He had ginormous group of followers or fans if you will and then he had and then he had the 12 the 12 apostles that were closest to him 13 we're gonna we're gonna say 13 because we're gonna count mary magdalene in that and then there was this tight group of of i would say four peter james and john and mary magdalene who he was the closest to they was that was his tight-knit group that he spent the most amount of time with. He invested the most amount of energy with. And some could maybe even argue Lazarus as well. But it was very obvious that he had different types of relationships. And within those relationships, held different standards and different boundaries. Mind blown. I'll never forget reading Mindy Kaling, the comedic goddess. Her first book, Is Everyone Hanging Out With Me?, and other concerns and in that book she doesn't use the title best friend she uses the title top tier friend and what she states is that she has more than one best friend that friendship is a tier it's a tier that you achieve in someone's life that you accomplish in someone's life and it's a badge you give to someone that they are a top tier friend i began thinking that if there are top tier friends then there must certainly be bottom-tier friends. And if there are bottom-tier friends and top-tier friends, there must be a middle-tier, right? Maybe there are three tiers. I began thinking, what would my formerly burnt-out holy roller life look like if I began to see my relationships all differently and held them as at different standards and held different expectations for them? Of course, I'm talking of a time in my life when I was over nonprofit programs for children's and family, and I had relationships with volunteers under me, with staff that were equal to me, with staff that were over me, with parents, with children, with community partners, with friends, with my spouse, with my own child. Yeah, so many different relationships. And I was exerting so much energy as a recovering people pleaser, as a recovering burnt out holy roller. I was exerting so much physical and mental, spiritual energy, and the same amount of energy to all of the relationships, and I was holding all of the relationships to the same standards, and I was holding the same type of boundaries with each relationship. Burnout occurs when we forget that there are tiers of relationships, and we enter into every relationship with the same energy expectations, and boundaries. It's much easier to live Christ-like when we enter into each relationship intentionally. I love the quote from Brene Brown in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, when she says, it's much easier to show compassion once boundaries have been established. It's much easier to show compassion once boundaries have been established. This is so beautiful and life-giving. Yes, it kind of makes boundaries sound as good as chocolate, even for the most most developed, dedicated people-pleaser among us. This idea that I will have more compassion for you the stronger boundaries I hold with you. Whoa, mind blown again. So let's take a look at these different types, these different tiers, of relationships and the best ways that we can move intentionally within them. I'd like you to imagine a three-tiered wedding cake, if you will. This is easy for me to do because it's my favorite food group. On the top tier, we'll have what you call tier one relationships or top tier relationships. These relationships are easy to love and they're always worth the work. In the middle, you'll have T2 relationships, or middle-tier relationships. These people are easy to like and sometimes worth the work. Lastly, at the very bottom, you'll have T3 relationships, bottom-tier relationships. These people, they are easy to avoid and rarely worth the work. The higher up the three-tier cake you travel, the more life-giving the relationships are. The further down you travel the tiers, the more life-sucking the relationships are. If we were to do a pie chart that showed the amount of work it takes to be in the same room as a person, a bottom tier T3 person would take the most amount of emotional energy. They're just so high maintenance. If you think about a bar graph, because we're very intellectual database on this show, if you will, if you think about a bar graph that was illustrating the amount of emotional work that each is worth, you would see that the tallest bar would be the Tier 1 relationship. These people that are easy to love and are always worth the work. They are always worth the most of your emotional work. Let's unpack these a little further. Tier 1 relationships. Tier one relationships, easy to love and always worth the work. Think of your lover, lovers, plural, maybe. Think of your lover. think of your think of your favorite kid. That was a joke. Think about those people in your life, those friends that give you so much life. These relationships are those you can be the most vulnerable and authentic in. You could sit in silence and have a blast. You could drive to Texas and have a blast. You can read each other so well. And while the relationship rarely gets rocky, when it does happen, you know in your gut that it is worth all of the emotional work in the world to maintain that relationship. So these are T1 relationships. T2 relationships. These people are easy to like and sometimes worth the work. Think about those relatives that you love, but you only see on the holidays, and that's okay, and you play board games to avoid talking politics. Think about teammates on your team that you have good chemistry with at work, but you wouldn't hang out with them outside of work, and they're easy to like and sometimes worth the work. They're worth the work, usually. They're worth your emotional energy, your emotional work, When you together are working toward a goal and you two getting along and having good professional chemistry is worth it in order to reach that end, in order to accomplish that goal. Those are T2 relationships. Lastly, let's go down to the bottom tier T3 easy to avoid and rarely worth the work. This tier, I have found a lot of good little Christian people-pleasers struggle to even acknowledge that they have this in their life. These people are as enjoyable as locking your keys in your car. They're as enjoyable as putting on a turtleneck long sleeve shirt right out of the shower before you dry off. These people are as enjoyable as finding a long Alfredo-covered hair in your Olive Garden dinner. You feel me? These people are John Denver, Rocky Mountain High Maintenance. I know you have one or two. You know who these people are. You are not going to be in a room with this person unless your life depends on it. Yeah. Easy to avoid and they're rarely worth the work. They're rarely worth the work. When things go awry is when... Christians, good little Christians, burnt out holy rollers, what title ever title fits you, people pleasers, when they exert the same amount of energy, boundaries, and standards to all three of these tiers, and they're not selfish with their time, they're not selfish with their personal preferences. So let's dive a little further, shall we, into what are the three steps that you can take to enhance all of your relationships? even those T3 most life-sucking ones. Number one, define your relationships and align your boundary standards and the amount of energy that you exert accordingly. Think of all the issues that arise when you exert a T1 amount of energy into a T3 relationship. Remember, your T1s are your most favorite, most beloved people. They're the ones that are easy, always easy to love and always worth the work. Imagine the issues that arise when you exert the same amount of energy into a T3 relationship, when T3 relationships are rarely worth the work and are always easy to avoid. You feel me? Some meetings will be so much easier now because you're showing up to a meeting and you're thinking, Oh my God, that person is like life-sucking annoying to me. Instead of beating myself up, saying the mantra, Lord, help me love this person. Lord, help me love this person. Lord, help me love this person. Instead of bringing that energy, beating myself up for not loving that person, I'm going to bring the energy of, oh, that's right. You're a fucking T3. I'm going to show up and just tolerate you with the love of the Lord. Yeah, that's a much easier mantra. Lord, let me be here and tolerate this person with the love of the Lord. Lord, let me be here. I am here. I'm here. I'm tolerating this person with the love of the Lord. And that's good enough right now because you're a T3 relationship. You're not a T1 relationship. So be it. Step number two. Step number two to enhance all of your relationships, even the most life-sucking ones, align your mental boundaries as well. Align your mental boundaries as well. Energy follows thought. The stories we tell ourselves create our reality. Did you know whenever you replay a negative experience mentally, the same chemical hormonal reaction in your body, in your brain, the same thing happens. It does as if you are you are in that moment again. It's like you're time traveling if you want to go that woo-woo with me. So align your mental boundaries as well. Don't just think physical. This is how this is how often I'm not going to see that person. This is the limit of time I'm going to have with that person. Align your mental boundaries as well. Let's unpack this a little further. Let's say you had a horrendous experience with a T3 person. It made you so, so pissed off on a Friday. That Friday night, you have a date with your Tier 1 lover, your Tier 1 spouse, your Tier 1 boyfriend or girlfriend. You go on that date. You First, if you're like me, (laughs) you go through like four or five different babysitters or relatives to find someone to watch your kid. And then you finally go on a date. And on that date, you spend the first hour and a half just bitching and moaning about this T3 work interaction, this life sucking, annoying interaction. On a T1 date, you just brought, as I have done, that T3 life sucking person as your buzzkill third wheel on your date, and you wasted so much good quality T1 time that was going to fill you back up, give you more life that that T3 interaction sucked from you, you could have been spending that time in a wonderful T1 conversation with your date. But instead, where was your mind? It was with the past T3 horrendously annoying interaction. So if you're on a T1 experience, leave the T3s out of it mentally, physically, emotionally, they're not invited. They've already sucked enough life out of you. You'll show up at Tuesday's meeting, and you'll let, you will tolerate them with the love of the Lord. But right now on this date with your T1 lover, be present with your T1 love. To look at this another way, the way that you move within your T1 relationships are not up for grabs in a T2 evaluation meeting with parishioners. I use this high church jargon, parishioners, because that was my former life for 15 years, serving as a minister in a church. And we call them parishioners. (laughs) So let's just imagine, if you will, that you had a newborn baby, and you were wearing that baby to serve communion. And the parishioners at an evaluation, they complained about it. They complained about you wearing a baby to serve communion. In that moment, They're not talking about your T1 relationship with your daughter. They are talking about the logistic, crumbs on the baby's head, the baby whining and ruining the holy sacramental moment. So divorce yourself. Don't take it personally. Divorce your T1 relationship from the T2 conversation and just focus on the logistics. The way that you move within your T1 relationships are not up for for grabs in a T2 evaluation meeting with, with anyone, and you can decide these, these relationships, these T1 relationships of mine, yeah, they're they're going to be separate from my T2 professional life, depending on the type of work that you do, of course, depending on what's a win for you. That's the beautiful thing about being a spiritually attuned go-getter, as opposed to being a burnt out holy roller, is that you get to decide. You get to live out of a place of cause. You get to decide how you move within each relationship instead of believing with Messiah Complex, that every single person is infinitely worthy of your time. Every single person deserves the same amount of expectations and boundaries. Everyone is your best friend forever when they are not. Step number three. To recap before we share number three, step number one to enhance all your relationships, define your relationships and align your boundaries and standards and the amount of energy that you exert accordingly. Step number two, align your mental boundaries as well. Do not, do not let that horrendous T3 experience take up any residence in your mind when you're on a hot date with your Tier 1 lover and you got a sitter for two and a half hours. Don't do it. Step number three, rearrange your life for more time for T1s. That's right. Get selfish. Get selfish with the people, those T1s that are easy to love and always worth the work. Get selfish with those relationships that give you life. Make more time for them. Put more emotional, physical, spiritual, mental energy in in not only maintaining them, but nurturing them. Making time for T1s sustain us through the life-sucking sorcery of the T3 relationships that while they might be in our life to teach us a lesson, because the universe makes no mistakes and all of our interactions could serve as a mirror to us, all those things are true. And T3s don't need to be your best friends. They don't. The more time you make for T1 relationships, the more you will be sustained through the life-sucking sorcery of the T3 relationships. I have a relative who works at a prison. He's a counselor who offers amazingly healing spaces for victims and the criminals. It's huge. He's also the first one they call when there's a hostage situation. Yeah, insane. Insanely sensitive, powerful dude. He's also my father-in-law. He's amazing. And he and his wife, my mother-in-law, are rarely available to babysit for us. And at first, I used to be really, perturbed by this, because she loves going over there, and they're local. But then I realize, whoa, he spends a lot of his time with, with criminals. (laughs) Like, he spends a lot of his time, and you might be one of those, too, that your job calls for you to serve in lots of T3 settings with potentially life-sucking inner counters, toxic inner counters, that you are bringing healing into those places. So he's going to be making his wife a priority to sus- as a T1 wife because she's going to sustain him through those life-sucking power of the T3 encounters. Second step under this third tip of rearrange your life for more time for T1s. Don't try to let a T2 relationship substitute the calming, life-enhancing power of a T1 relationship. I don't know if you've ever been like me. You've been on like 17 trillion community boards and you're volunteering here, 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 there, there. And then you realize, oh, wait, these aren't my friends. This isn't a social life that I have. Don't do it. Don't try to substitute the life-enhancing power of a T1 relationship for a T2 substitute. T2s, easy to like, sometimes worth the work, are not the same as those that are easy to love. You can't help but love them. They can't help but love you. It's an authentic, vulnerable connection. It's mystically life-enhancing to you, and you'll feel it. You'll feel it. You'll just, you'll feel it when you try to substitute an outing or some social event with a T2, and you're like, I really need I really need, and you're thinking of one of those eight people, or however many you have, in your T1 top-tier relationships. That's who I need to go be with. That's who I need to go see. I have a a T1 relationship in my life, and her husband owns a beautiful—they don't own. They're directors of this beautiful some church camp in the wilderness here around where I live. And for many years— two days before a really, really stressful week at work, I I would just be feeling insanely stressed. And I would go to their camp, and I'd be with one of my T1 friends. And it was a mystical experience. She has such a life-enhancing way with me. There's no other way to describe it than out of this world, mystically life-giving to be with her. And I'd go and be with her. I'd stay the night. We'd be together, we'd talk, I'd be more real than I am with anyone else. And I would feel so healed and refreshed and recuperated and ready to go back and face the stress of work. So know who those T1s are and don't let a T2 relationship substitute the calming, life enhancing power of a T1. Now, what about you? Is there a T Tier 3? Remember, Tier 3s are easy to avoid, rarely worth the work. Is there a Tier 3 relationship into which you are mistakenly pouring a Tier 1 amount of work and it's leaving you miserable? Also ask yourself, what is a boundary that you are comfortable creating with this person, this life-sucking Tier 3 John Denver Rocky Mountain High Maintenance person? What boundary are you comfortable creating with them? Maybe it is. You'll only see them at mandatory meetings, and you'll walk in confidently with the mantra of, I am here, and I'm tolerating her with the love of the Lord. And right now, that's enough. The beautiful thing about holy rollers and spiritually attuned go-getters, having this idea of tears of relationship, is it, it allows us to show up authentically, in our prayer life, and authentically in our interactions with others. Sometimes sugarcoating and repressing does nothing, right? The more that we resist, the more it persists. We need to be more like the book of Psalms in the Bible and show up authentically lamenting, angry, sad, authentic with our emotions. Bring that to God. And then perhaps grace a grace that's bigger than us will grace how it should be defined (laughs) will cover us will cover the relationship and maybe they'll progress up the tiers maybe they'll become a t2 relationships It, it could evolve a relationship can be on probation and be stuck in tier two where they're just easy to like and sometimes worth the work or maybe maybe There's a lesson for you to learn in that life-sucking relationship, and you're going to learn it while keeping them safely in the bottom tier and giving them the right amount of boundaries, expectations, and standards. I realize expectations and standards are synonyms, loci and So ask yourself, what is a boundary that you are comfortable creating with this life-sucking T3 relationship? Could that happen this week? Will that happen this week? Although Tier 1 relationships bring you much life and very little effort, do they ask of you, you and that person are both better off by investing in one another. You are. What percent of your week is spent with or on your tier one relationships? Remember, these are your kids, your lover, your closest of friends. Is the time you're investing in these T1 relationships enough to help you sustain the life sucking sorcery of those T3 relationships that are inevitable to life? What routine could you establish? that will help you be able to be more connected to a certain tier one relationship that you've been missing lately. I am so excited to hear from you on these questions, on this idea of not loving everyone with the same type of love. Of giving yourself permission to simply tolerate someone with the love of the Lord. To give yourself permission to be selfish with who you spend your time with. To allow yourself to have preferences. To allow yourself to be authentic with your feelings and not repress them. I am so excited to hear from you. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Lee underscore Calvin. That's my legal name and my pen name. All my friends call me Meg. And if you want to dive deeper into this concept of relational tears, I have some exciting news for you. Not only did the book, I Am My Own Sanctuary, How a Recovering Holy Roller Found Healing and Power, Not only did it recently drop on Audible.com, but this little Amazon bestseller at the time that this book, that this podcast is coming out, this episode, it's not $19, it's around $5 on Amazon. So head over and check it out. It's a full steam comedic rant as Dr. David Dalt of the NPR show Things Not Seen called it. It's a satirical self-help book that was written for other recovering holy rollers or recovering people pleasers and encourages them to own their power of the divine within to take back the power from others in their lives. So, listener friend, if you are a spiritually attuned go-getter who is hungry for a resource that will help you to find confidence and certainty in who you are, even if you feel like a fake, while maintaining your job and social life, And without disappointing those you respect, head over to Amazon or to audible.com today and get this book. It dives a lot deeper into this concept of relational tears. I am so beyond excited that I got to spread the love and encourage you to love more intentionally on this Valentine's Day week. Go get some cherry cordials, Maybe watch a little rom-com. Maybe do some dancing. Just live it up. Love yourself and love others with much more intention. And I can't wait to be with you again next Thursday.